It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live Entertainment Review. Roll out the red carpet. Here's Michelle. y'all ready for our entertainment review in this podcast we talk about things that you can do things that you can connect with movies you might want to see and definitely ones you'll probably want to avoid but in all of the entertainment i don't care if you're a football fan or a sports fan or not The Super Bowl is an unofficial American holiday, and many people who don't give a rip about football will watch for the commercials. They'll watch for the halftime show, and maybe they're skipping channels as well and watching what's known as the Puppy Bowl. And if you've never connected with the Puppy Bowl, oh, you're missing something. Don't miss it this year. It's going to be kind of interesting. Actually, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg, he's going to be another dog, an old dog, not so much a puppy, uh, on the puppy field. Sunday, February 7th. It's a Puppy Bowl party hosted by me and my girl Martha Stewart. We'll be serving up our favorite drinks and our favorite bites. So sit back and relax. Let the Puppy Bowl begin. Martha and Snoop host Puppy Bowl 17 Sunday, February 7th at 2 on Animal Planet And streaming on Discovery Plus Sit, stay, and stream Pups You Love Everything's better with puppies Now, one guy has been with the Puppy Bowl for over a decade Dan Schnatter He is excited to be the guy on the field Making the plays or calling the plays of the day from Team Rough and Team Fluff. This is what he had to say. We talk about a football game and we get to actually watch them play a football game where we keep scoring and award points and award most valuable (laughs) player, which is actually in our case, most valuable puppy. Um, So lots of lots of fun features. But the most important thing is that they're all up for adoption and they all do get adopted by the time we're done. Now, today for your Super Bowl fun, we are going to be talking Super Bowl food, even sharing with you some recipes. We'll be talking about movies that you may want to watch if you don't want to tune into the Super Bowl or before the game even begins. And, uh, well, we're going to talk some of the halftime uh, history and, of course, the commercials. When did Bud Light Seltzer start making lemonade? Probably when 2020 handed us all those lemons. 2020 was a lemon of a year. Aha, the falling lemons. Yeah, that's the Bud Light Seltzer commercial that will air during the Super Bowl. Everything's raining lemons everywhere over everyone. Just thinking about 2020. (laughs) Now, some of the folks doing Super Bowl ads are ones that actually did fairly well and can afford Super Bowl ads. Um, Here's one, Scott's miracle Grow. Everyone was doing stuff at home. Everyone was doing home improvement because we were in lockdown. So, well, they can afford a Super Bowl ad. Ah, the backyard. It's had quite a year. I say, let's keep this backyard thing going. 
That's why Scott's and miracle Grow want to give you a chance to win the lawn and garden of your dream. Uh, we're not going to see some of our favorite Budweiser commercials. Uh, I don't drink Budweiser, but I did like the commercials. I always looked forward to them. I thought they were always usually cute, but they didn't get their own ad in the game this year. They said they're going to put money towards COVID-19 vaccination awareness instead. Anheuser-Busch, though, well, they have an ad. So when you say, let's grab a beer, it's never just about the beer. Come on. M&M's, of course, we'll see them in the Super Bowl. They're presenting vignettes of recollection, including a woman's apology for calling someone Karen in this ad titled Come Together. I feel bad for kicking your seat on purpose. I'm sorry for mansplaining. That's when a man... I know what it is. We should have just told you it's a boy. (laughs) I wish you didn't have to hear all that. Sorry I called you Karen. That's my name. Sorry your name is Karen. (laughs) I promise I will not eat any more of your friends. Really? As they're talking to him and... It might happen one more time. Uh, That might be one of my favorite ones. Can't we all come together? Uber Eats has a Wayne World's ad. This local access message is brought to you by Uber Eats. Wayne World! Wayne World! (laughs) And there's some others like uh, Robin Hood, the first Super Bowl ad from Robin Hood Markets, Inc. Uh, Wow. They ignore the reason the online brokerage was in the news around the world before the game uh, with GameStop and that whole stock trading frenzy. They're making an appearance. Uh, Squarespace, Dolly Parton rewrites her classic 9 to 5 for this ad. Working 5 to 9, you've got passion and a vision because it's hustling time. Well, there is not just the ads that's a big deal. Something else that's a big deal is the halftime shows. The National Football League welcomes you to the Super Bowl Halftime Show. The Super Bowl Halftime Show. The extravaganza that we all know now hasn't always been. If you're a follower of the Super Bowl. You may know this, but prior to the 1990s, it was primarily marching bands. On January 15, 1967, the University of Arizona Symphonic Marching Band was invited to participate in the halftime activities of the world's first Super Bowl. Then something happened in 1991. The first pop performer, do you know who it was? New Kids on the Block. They had New Kids on the Block, Disney characters, 2,000 local children that presented this halftime show. It's a small world. We are the world. And from there, a new Super Bowl halftime show was born. We saw performers like Michael Jackson, Clint Black, The Rolling Stones, uh, the Blues Brothers, if you've seen the movie, they've been a super time halftime show. Gloria Estevan, Phil Collins, uh, you've seen Aerosmith, and many more. Even you two. You two. Woo! 
We've seen some controversies. We've seen some epic fails. And this weekend will be seen the weekend. And it's going to be another Super Bowl extravaganza. Reportedly $7 million for that short halftime show. $7 million the weekend may be spending. Reportedly, supposedly, maybe from his own coffers. Uh, Some of it will be in the stands. Most of it, they say, will be in the stands because of the risk of COVID to the players and the folks on the field. Due to to the COVID and and, um, for the safety of the players and um, the workers, we kind of built the stage within the stadium. And uh, we're also using the field as well, but we wanted to kind of do something that we've never done before. And I want to say a very big thank you to The weekend. Good music, but... Something even better is with some of the controversy from Janet Jackson's Nipplegate to uh, some of the uh, pole dancing stripper gate uh, feeling of past Super Bowls. This is what he said for you and your family. I definitely want to be respectful to the viewers at home. Um, I will still incorporate um, some of the storyline. It's a very cohesive story I've been telling throughout this era and uh, throughout this year. So um, the story will continue, but definitely we'll keep it PG for the families. Now, The weekend did weigh in on his favorite past Super Bowl halftime show. His answer may surprise you. Uh, this is courtesy of E.T. My favorite is definitely Diana Ross. 1996. She's just so glamorous and the show just makes me smile and she has a great exit with the helicopter. She lands in the middle of the field, grabs onto it and flies out into the crowd, uh, into the clouds. It's like, I wish I could have done that. I wish I thought of it. it I don't think I have enough money to do it, to be honest. I got a bad feeling about this. Bring to me the trophy. Some fun halftime facts. Did you know that that first pop band, New Kids on the Block? Well, they actually got bumped from the halftime show. Why? Well, here's a little history lesson for you. Due to ABC's decision to break away coverage to deal with the Operation Desert Storm issue. So that Super Bowl took place on January 27th, 10 days after aerial and naval bombardment in the Persian Gulf. And so, new kids on the block, the 80s boy band, got bounced to after the show. So that first pop show was actually after the show. Here's another fun fact. Michael Jackson's 1993 performance got more hits and viewers and ratings than the game Ladies itself. and gentlemen, for our halftime spectacular, the National Football League is proud to welcome back Up With People, an exciting educational and cultural program known around the world. We saw them at Super Bowl X in Miami this afternoon. Three of their international cast with students from 23 countries will give a special salute to the music and the energy of the fabulous swing era. Now, great swing era, when the big bands really turned it on. 
Well, it turns out we much prefer pop music to an educational experience. One of the biggest epic fails of the Super Bowl, by the way, it was ice skating. Yeah, they even had an ice skating halftime show and more people tuned out than ever before. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we proudly salute the 1992 Winter Olympics as we welcome Olympic gold medalists Dorothy Hamill, Brian Voitano, and team captain Mike Caruzioli with members of the 1980 Olympic gold medal hockey team. Katy Perry was the most watched with 120 million views and we'll be looking for the weekend this weekend as we talk entertainment today. It's our Super Bowl special. Food is on the table next. Like that play on words? My Michelle Live comes to you with thanks from one of our affiliates in particular, Real Bearded Men. Check out their products. All for our bearded listeners. All my brothers with beards, raise up your beards. Let that thing grow wild from ear to ear. They say you're so cute, clean shaven. I'm so sorry, beard. This ain't no shave, no members, no shaving. Brothers with Beards. We have a special deal with Real Bearded Men. Go to our website, get a coupon code, and use the link. You'll get the best deal on products for men with beards. Get ready to get foodie. Glorious food. Well, as we go into Super Bowl weekend, just like with any other American holiday, everything's got food around it, right? You have uh, Thanksgiving, iconic turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, all of that. Uh, You have a ham oftentimes for Easter, sometimes a leg of lamb, hot dogs and hamburgers, always on the 4th of July. And for my family, we even take it to other holidays. Valentine's Day coming up, it's all about fondue. Maybe we'll talk about that as we get a little bit closer. Um, Chili on Halloween. And so on. But for the Super Bowl, I'll tell you what, number one for most Americans, whether you're in on the new meatless craze, yuck, or not, uh, chicken wings. Wings are the big one. We have now gotten to the point where we're eating about 1.4 billion, 1.4 billion chicken wings during Super Bowl Sunday. Deliveries of pizza will increase by almost 60% around kickoff. And here's some other things. 12.5 million pounds of bacon, of course, uh, because you can put it on everything. 11.2 million pounds of potato chips, 10 million pounds of ribs, 8.2 million pounds of tortilla chips, and I don't even know how many gallons of salsa. 
nearly three million pounds of popcorn and of course about a mil uh, three million pounds of nuts if you really want to get real real health the Super Bowl is upon us. So today for our entertainment review, we're taking on all things Super Bowl. Uh, we are going to get to one of the most important things, though. For me, it's it's the food, right? I mean, there are traditions. This is like a, a real holiday for Americans, whether you like football or not. Super Bowl Sunday has become a tradition in America and there's food associated with it. So we're going to talk about some of the food and some things you may not have considered with our tailgating enthusiast, Don Paul. Hey, Don. Hello. Hello. Hey, you know, it's funny because you said it's a food holiday. You're right. It's the big game is the second largest food day, you know, and the only thing that beats the food uh, as we eat food is Thanksgiving. So you're, you're, is you're that exactly right. right. Food is so much part, oh, so much part of this big game. That is crazy. So uh, we're going to talk about some go-to snacks, and that's really what Super Bowl uh, Sunday is all about. Everything that we do, we're not sitting down to a five-course meal. This is not a five-course meal day. This is the best of American hors d'oeuvres or snacks. We we can say snacks, but let's just uh, up the game a little bit, and we'll call it hors d'oeuvres. That just sounds classier, <laughs> but really what we're saying is chips, dips, and other snacks. Oh, yeah, you know, and it's, it's interesting, too, because of distracted eating, because everybody's watching the game, or they're watching the commercials. Either way, they're enjoying this, you know, hours of entertainment, and they eat, you know, people eat on average 2,400 calories throughout the game. It's incredible, but wow. it's distracted eating. They're, they're watching the game, they're watching the commercials, they're talking to people, okay, and they're not and, really paying attention. And, and let me just say, because we're talking about it today, I oh even though I'm a sports girl, we do a sports show. I'm not going to lie. I always have a second screen on Don watching the puppy yeah. bowl, watching the puppy bowl. <laughs> well, you know that it's that's one of my tips too. As we we all hunker down and have a good time, is to separate a little bit. You know, nowadays everybody, most people have a couple TVs, so you have different rooms. You know, with yes. different things. Yeah. Everybody's into football they're not into it or no one likes tom brady whatever it is yeah okay (laughs) so kind of spread out that way everybody can enjoy and and they can and that's the same with food i think you kind of make it easy for people to snack and to enjoy and whatever that snacking means but i always think that you should really look at the fans that come to your house you know diet restrictions and not heavy duty diet restrictions just are they gluten free are they you know they are looking for protein uh, diet are they keto so you want to make sure there's snacks and things for the the individuals that walk through the door so you want them welcoming and you want them to enjoy uh, the game too with some good snacks as well all right, so let's talk about some of your go-tos, uh, some suggestions. Some of these may be familiar and easy ways that you can bring familiar snacks to your Super Bowl party, and some may be new ideas. So yeah. let her rip, Don I, Paul. You know, I, I look at easy, ease of use. You do uh, snacks that are dual purpose. So, for instance, I I love pork rinds. Why? Because... 
you know, they're gluten-free, as I said, and dietary, and they're high-protein, and they're keto-friendly. They're all wonderful things, but you've got a lot of different flavors there. It's great as a dip, but also I'm going to take those uh, pork rinds, you know, and, and I, I love Southern Recipe Small Batch, uh, and I'm going to smash those up, and I'm going to make my wings, you know, as we talk about um, different appetizers, hors d'oeuvres, and things like that. But I'm going to crush those on wings, you know, so it gives a little different flavor. It's a little different. You don't want oh, the meat too that maybe you've been eating all season. So now you have it for a nice little crunchy, you know, snack just uh, for dipping and everything. I love the Southern Recipe small batch because of the scoop they, they come with, you know, great for dipping. But also use it in ingredients. Use it in different recipes, but you want to make them quick. You want your apps, because if you have, again, people eating a lot, you want to go to your dips that are going to be five minutes. You know, three ingredients, five ingredients, and you want to be able to produce that because you don't want to run out of food. But another one I I really love, again, because it ties into, it's more of a simple uh, snack, but parm crisp, high percent cheese, low carb, no sugar, you know, and, and it's very simple. But again, you know, if you have different ingredients and you put it in, you know, whether it's for dips or you put it on, you know, if you have little sliders, you can, instead of cheese that may be sitting around, you can put these parm crisps right on a burger. So there's things like that that you can move. But again, it's that dual purpose. It's, I'm going to eat a snack, you know, I'm going to have a little, a bag, you know, these come in little snack bags. That's great if we're going to have their own, but also you can dual use it and you can go to the pantry and grab them out and use it. But dips are very important. Very important. Yeah. Um, something people are starting to do this year, by the way, you mentioned parm crisps that come in little individual bags. People are buying in little individual bags because they're getting a little bit uh, concerned about everybody putting their hands in the same bowl, you know, yeah. with the pandemic going on. So that's something that people are, yeah. are doing and uh, getting uh throw away uh, tiny bowls for your dip so you can just yeah. take a little dip put it in your tiny bowl rather than everybody dipping there because you know You're we've right. always complained about the double dippers now you know double <laughs> dipping is is now it's yes. not just that's not cool now it's just like that it's, does not happen anymore. that's not right no that's right that's <laughs> well, like morally I, offensive you're exactly <laughs> Well, you're right. You know, that's where, yes, you're going to want, you know, maybe the if you have a dip or you have a big dip in this container, but you have a big scooper, but you're exactly right. Little you know, paper bowls or little um, cups if you have a cheese uh, sauce or something like that, but you individualize everything so you're not double dip. Now, that's one of the tips. I, I love that because you will move on through and people can, you know, then you just toss it away and, and actually clean up is even better. Let's face it. You know, you don't have all the dishes and everything. Thing and, and you just toss it away, but that's 100%. You separate people in different locations, have different food um, areas where they can go, and, and make it easy. Make it easy on yourself when everything's said and done. You have some other recipes that, that we actually, everything that we're mentioning today, whether it's a product or a recipe, we're going to have links for you because Don is so cool that way. He made sure I had all of these. Everywhere you're listening to me right now, you can have 
links to all of these so it's not like I got to write this down or I got to rewind what did she say so we've got this for you but I'm really excited you mentioned pork rinds and um, I also understand that there's a pork actual pork rind appreciation day by the way who knew we have a day for everything what the heck Well, you know, Pork Rind Appreciation Day, and it falls on the big game every year. So it's that floating holiday, food holiday. But it's a time that you look at and pigskins and pigskins go together. But, um, yes, it's a a Pork Rind Appreciation Day. And you go enter up to the the end of the game, actually, the next day, uh, and you can enter to win $5,000 in a year of pork rinds. But you know what's neat about it, too, is we looked at the whole season was different this year. So you look at um, Pork Rind Appreciation Day, and they have great old, you know, Hall of Famer. Oh, that's terrible. Hall of Famers, and they talk about the game because they couldn't, re- you know, or everything's a little different this past season and everything, but you hear their stories, and that's pretty neat. And, you know, and, and then you can enter to win $5,000, and that's not so bad either. I like that. That's one big Super Bowl party right there. Tell you what. Um, So using pork rinds, though, now that I've got my inside look into Pork Rind Appreciation Day, uh, Southern Recipe has a small batch of jalapeno cheese dip with pork rinds, but you can also double, triple, quadruple this, which I really like because... These, this year for many states, there's going to be lockdown. You may have smaller groups. And for others, you may have bigger families coming together. So I like that. But this is a jalapeno cheese dip with pork rinds. It sounds really yes. good. You know, and I, I like it because it, it, it's simple ingredients, you know, that you can whip up real quick. But you're going to start with the jalapenos, just four of them, you know, nice because it's a nice little spice. And the cotija cheese, that's a nice meltable, it's a Mexican cheese, a very meltable cheese, cream cheese. It's a soft white uh, cheese, by the way. And I just want to say sometimes yeah. you may be in a place where it's not easy to get that you know you have to go to a specialty store but if you get a soft meltable cheese you can substitute that fairly easily yes yes perfect and and you're going to use cream cheese you know just a brick of eight ounce cream cheese you want the shredded cheese uh, cheddar and you're going to kind of warm that up you can warm up in a microwave get it nice and um or put it on the stove but very simple you melt it up and then you want to make it a little bit more hearty so two cups of shredded chicken. I use shredded chicken because it, it just, it's readily available. And, and whether it's a rotisserie or you get canned chicken, just you mix it in together, throw a little bit of onions in there. And either whether you, you know, again, do it in the microwave or put it in the oven for a few minutes to get a nice little, uh, you know, browning. But the idea, though, it's a nice warm dip. But even if it's been, you know, sitting for 15 minutes, it's a little bit cooler. That's okay, because it still tastes great. And what happens is I'll crush in some Southern Recipe small batch pork rinds in it, just a handful to kind of mix it in there and give it a nice bacony taste. Mm-hmm. And Southern Recipe small batch has great flavor, so it kind of adds a little bit to the dip. But, of course, it's a great dipper as well. You know, it's, and, and pork rinds are good because it's half the fat of uh, calories of potato chips. I, I love potato chips. I'm not going to say anything bad against them. But, 
you know, 11 million pounds of potato chips are eaten for the Super Bowl. So I'm like, well, and I'm 11 million pounds, pounds are gained like. during the Super Bowl as well. <laughs> so, love it. I love and, it. okay, here's something mind blown. You can take that exact recipe, that, that exact recipe, right? You can uh, divide it in half. You can have one bowl of this delicious uh, jalapeno pork rind. And then you can, you can omit the jalapenos or keep them in and add a couple of tablespoons of barbecue sauce. And then you have a chicken barbecue, uh, same thing. And it's delicious with those pork rinds in it. So it's a way to where our friend Don Paul, a tailgate enthusiast, encourages us to have some dual use. That makes it easier. So I made the same spread. I just add a little something different and boom, you have two different dips and you don't have to spend a whole lot of time. Boom. Thank you. Oh, everything because you want to watch the game. You want to watch the commercials, so you don't want to spend a lot of time the in the puppies. kitchen. That's the key thing. Yes, yes, puppy or the or watch the. But you don't want to miss those puppies. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, that's excellent. So they hear some great things for you. And there's a lot more on the websites that we're going to share with you. But it's been really fun talking with our friend Don Paul, tailgate enthusiast, as we get ready oh, yeah. for Super Bowl Sunday. And, you know, win or lose, you know, uh, go to porkrinds.com. That's where you can play the game and try to win $5,000, porkrinds.com. And to win, lose, or, or draw, it doesn't matter. Have a good time for the Super Bowl. There you go. All these links everywhere you hear us. And thanks, Don, for joining us. Thank you very much. Right now that we've gotten you all psyched up for the Super Bowl, we've got your food, you know what commercials, you may tune into the Puppy Bowl if you're not a football fan, but we've also got your back if you just want to write off the Super Bowl altogether, even though this is a Super Bowl special for our entertainment review. Well, give you things to look forward to, something to distract you in ways that you can celebrate life. No better way to do it with the one, the only Adam Holtz. I'm pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies, this is Adam Holtz. He is pretty cool, and he's our friend, and he joins us today to get us plugged into the movies and often more. Hey, happy weekend, Adam. Happy weekend to you too, Michelle. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm drinking the best cup of coffee. I've my, my barista since I've been working from my home studio cannot compare to any other. She always gets my coffee right. Is that because you're your own barista? Yeah, and I don't tip yeah. very well. That's a little secret there. <laughs> okay. But well. as we join over a cup of coffee, let's talk about what is coming up in the movies. I'm excited about a few things that I've seen and that uh, may be on the horizon. And I, I don't, I, there hasn't been a lot to get excited about, but there is one film yeah. in particular that you emailed and said, I think we should talk about this. I saw it this week. It is Finding okay. Ohana. Dad, hello. <laughs> you don't want it. Please don't kill your sister. They look taller in the picture. And I'm not spending my senior year stuck on this stupid island. Oh, these are nice. Aloha. Feel oh. it? Uh, that's some John Wick fancy business. 
Whose journal is this? Monk's. He was a sailor on the Peruvian. The Peruvian's treasure's legendary. Hey! Why do you have a drawing of a night marcher? You know what that is? Ghosts of Hawaiian warriors. He said they march at night. You know they're coming when you hear their drums. Well, sleep tight. <gasps> Final notice. You're about to lose your house. This is our Ohana's land. I'm gonna die before I leave. All right. Ohana is a big part of you. You know why? Because you, Hawaiian. This was my papa's. And my papa's papa got this from Monk. It's real goatee. This is how we can get the money and help papa. that bad. This is it. This is where the coin wanted us to go. What do you think's down there? I just want to grab my sister who thinks she's Indiana Jones. We'll get them. My kids are inside a mountain looking for some Spanish gold. Yeah, finding Ohana. And if memory serves, you have some history in Hawaii, do you not? I do. I have a bit of Hawaiian blood, and I have danced hula for quite some time. I've lived okay. on the big island of Hawaii, and I there's I, I really love the culture, the deep culture of Hawaii, and I have to say in Finding Ohana, you see bits of it. You hear a little bit of the pigeon talk. You uh, see some of the connection and the way people live on the island when you get past the resorts into real Hawaii and I liked the story uh, bringing family together uh, finding things that really matter uh, I think there were some beautiful things to the movie of course there's some things that you might want to be aware of to navigate with your family but that's what we have plugged in for that's right? right that is exactly right so this movie is um, Ohana and if my understanding is correct is the Hawaiian word for family. Correct. So uh, this is a movie that has family at its core. And we have a, a mom named Leilani who lives in New York City and her two kids, Pili and Yoana. I think I'm pronouncing their names correctly, my Hawaiian pronunciation. I had to actually look it up to make sure I, <laughs> I got it right. Um, they um, they get a call that, that her dad has had a heart attack and needs care. And so they head to Hawaii from New York City for the summer. Now, you know, for most of us, I would see, I'd take Hawaii over almost anything. But the daughter Peely is a geocacher, and that is this competition where you use a variety of clues to try to find things that are hidden. There's a competition coming up. She's going to have to miss it. But it turns out this is just foreshadowing what is eventually going to happen because after they get to Hawaii, they, the kids unearth this old sort of legend of a buried treasure, and they find out their grandfather's about to lose their, his home because of unpaid you know, back mortgage bills. And so they think, aha, if we can just find the treasure, we can take care of this problem. And I'm oversimplifying a little bit. They connect with a couple new friends in Hawaii and go searching for treasure. And really, from that point on, it feels like the Goonies in Hawaii to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would you yeah. agree? Yeah, I would. I would. But I will say there is some Hawaiian charm. There's some Hawaiian folklore uh, yeah. with some spiritual elements that yep. you might want to go to PluggedIn.com and kind of look at that beforehand. I always, I don't know what it's like in your household when you watch movies with kids, but sometimes with 
content like this, kids ask questions and they want to know, or maybe you want to lear- use it as a, a learning moment. I mean, we've got yeah. a lot of us have extra time on our hands, right? So that's Boy, where that's you can go true. to pluggedin.com and you can find out a little bit more. But yeah, there's a uh, there's a bit of the uh, idea that there's these warriors that uh, roam the earth dealing with a kind of a kapu, which is uh, a religious system of what is taboo and what is, you know, what you can't what you can't connect with and so they're keepers to a degree and it's it's a bit of a hawaiian folklore but there other than that uh, what a charming film and and of course it's in beautiful hawaii and the the acting i thought was was well done it was uh uh, charming yeah no i think that's the probably the biggest issue here and and i think it's sort of in the you know different cultures have different spiritual legacies and uh, I don't think it's a deal killer for this movie I think it's probably for most families going to be navigable but as you said Michelle it's always good to come to our full review and and check out what we have there one of the things I love is that you know these days it's not uncommon to throw a bunch of teenagers together and they could be really mouthy and obnoxious and actually even if you go back and watch the Goonies I can't remember if we've talked about this before my wife was like standing in line and saw the Goonies in the $5 bin for the DVD. And she came home all excited. Hey, I got the Goonies. I'm like, honey, you have to remember that there's stuff in that movie that I almost guarantee you don't remember. We yes. made it five because the kids were so mouthy and there's so much profanity. And there's a little bit of profanity and some name calling here, but, but it's not overwhelming. These are not kids that have crazy foul mouths on them. And so, you know, Netflix doesn't always use restraint with these kinds of stories, but I was really glad they did it here because that would have wrecked, I think, what otherwise is a really great story. And thankfully, they don't go there. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that before, Goonies, and even Back to the Future, where you have these fond memories and you look back and go, yep. uh, uh. What? Uh, yeah, I don't remember this language. Uh, no. Sorry, kids. No, you don't. <laughs> and maybe some of that is that you do see the rebroadcasts on television many, many times where some right. of that is taken out. So, boom, there you yep. are. So, other than the Huaka'ipo, uh, which is the, I think that's what they called it, but that's what I know is the Hawaiian name for these kind of night marchers that... that that walk yeah. their warriors that walk with gods you know that's that can be a little i don't know scary there's some scary elements but it, wow what if what like a fun the goonies. Film. goonies has its moments of peril too yeah it does indeed but you know what a what a sweet movie and you know very sweet that you tried to pronounce the the kid's name as a howley that's okay it was yeah, good. It well, was... you know, <laughs> how far off was i because i'm trying you know say, say it again let's see Oh, I don't know that I want to embarrass myself. It, no, it, no, it's it, okay. It's Peely. There, there's or the other one. Uh, the the other one. I think Peely is is it, yeah. Um, it sounds like Moana, but it's not Moana because it's not spelled. It's that's like, pretty close. 
in a way. I have to actually get it in front of Ioane. It's just it's it's Ioane. Uh, but Ioane, what's funny okay. is that that that's kind of part of the charm of the movie. I, I bring that up not to embarrass you, but it's part of the charm of the movie and something that everyone experiences going to Hawaii. How do you pronounce that in Hawaiian? Yeah. Um, every every letter is really pronounced and that kind of helps a, a bit right but it's it's part of the charm of the movie and it's part of the charm of when you visit the island and that's why i recommend this charming movie finding ohana i truly enjoyed it i truly enjoyed okay, it okay say so the name something. again one more time for me iwane you want iwane okay iwane yeah there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. There yeah. we go. It made me a little homesick. It really did for for oh. the islands. There's just a, a beautiful piece about the islands. And for those people of faith, there's a deep faith seated in the history of the islands that we're going to be talking about in an upcoming My Michelle live broadcast. Uh, there, It's surprising that even in areas where you see a lot of, and I know this is getting off of the subject of, of movies as we often why am I apologizing we do it every week uh, there's right. in in societies and cultures that seem so uh, like they're at the antithesis of a biblical faith you would be surprised at a remnant of faith of, of a of a preparation almost for for people it is really a beautiful story in Hawaii in particular where there was a, a folks that believed in the and a god much like the god of the bible they called him eo and as the kapu system came and they were invaded they found that they stayed true to this belief in god and there was a prophecy that god would return to the eo would return to the islands in a black box as the missionaries came off the ship guess what they were carrying a Bible box, a little black box. Yeah. And there was a huge number of people that turned. So there's a beauty to the island that is part of that ohana and part of the aloha that you feel. And I think you feel this in the movie. So maybe it's been a long yeah. time since I've seen a new movie that I like. So I'm overplaying my <laughs> my enthusiasm. <laughs> but it was at least something. Something else that I saw, you know, because I think I've gone on and on about Hawaii and how much I missed it a, a, a bunch. On Pure Flix, a movie to revisit is The Mask. I'd never seen it before. I honestly, I talked about it. We've talked about it. I didn't actually sit down and watch the movie until last week, Adam. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's been a very long time since I've seen it, so... I'm assuming we're talking about the same mask. Tell me which one you're talking okay, about. Okay, it's, it's a faith-based film, but it is astounding. I mean, this movie was, it, it is set around the time of the uh, the American Revolution. And, oh, uh, I'm thinking of a different movie, but now I know Oh, you're, you're thinking about, about Jim, Jim Carrey, right? No, I'm like, what's Jim Carrey doing on Pure Flix? No, no, no. Edit him a lot. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, wow. No wonder you're like, uh, I don't uh, know. If we're... <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I oh, and I just snorted. Exactly I just snorted one. in the middle of this broadcast. Do I edit that out? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, no, yes. It's, it's funny. <laughs> no, I know which one you're talking about, and... 
Oh, I'm sorry. It's not the mask. It's beyond the mask. Beyond the mask. Beyond the mask. Actually. Okay. um, Yes. And that's actually the one I was thinking of. Oh, good, good. And Beyond the Mask was actually written by uh, Paul McCusker, who worked at Focus on the Family for many, many, many years. Oh. And is one of the main writers behind Adventures in Odyssey. So Makes sense now. Call the shot, Mr. Brand. One last time. On my mark. Fire. William, have I not impressed upon you the opportunities that could await you in the Americas? Charles. You are the man that I need there. I'm done. You mean that? Yes. Make sure he's dead. was a sense of divine justice that an assassin like me should be forced to live a different life. I'm looking for Benjamin Franklin. You're Mr. Franklin. Now that depends. Do I owe you money? Can a man who has made his life a web of lies earn trust again? It helps that I believe in forgiveness. Redemption, not revenge. There's only one man with the power to make you new will create a new reputation honorable enough to save me from my past. In a mask, was he? Go all of you, create havoc. No one will stand in our way. Neither redemption or love can ever be earned. Do you favor the king or alternatives yet to be explored? I will dismantle his plans piece by piece. How does he know our every move? Are we compromised? We intend to blow up the entire city. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, Beyond the Mask was fantastic, and I would have to check. I think I did an interview with Paul that you might be able to find. We'll look that up and see if we can put a connection to that. Uh, Kara Kilmer is in it. I think she's in uh, Chicago Fire, if I remember right. Uh, John Rice Davis, uh, otherwise known as Gimli. Gimli. You'll you'll see him in it. Or Sola from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or Voltan from Flash Gordon. Oh, come on. You Oh, my gosh. Back in the day. Come on. Come on. Right. He's the giant hawk man. He's fantastic. Ah, yeah. I remember that now. I'm surprised. That must be post uh, Star Wars for you to bring that up, right? It is barely post Star Wars. Barely. That's why that surprised me. I think it was 1980 or 81, but... uh, (laughs) Yes, because if if you're new to this broadcast, Adam has two timelines. The rest of us are are BC and AD. He's BS and AS, before Star Wars and after Star Wars, right? Yes, and and some might suggest there's more BS than (laughs) AS. We'll we'll stop with the naughtiness right there. Beyond the Mask came out in 2015, and wow, it was really well done. And there is a strong element of faith. It's not meant to be a preachy film at all, but there is a strong element of faith interwoven in a very surprisingly real way, extraordinary uh, movie of redemption and, and salvation. And I say with Beyond the Mask, it is a movie like, 
you just don't see in the faith-based realm. There's actual no, action. So, and <laughs> really well done. Yeah, and it's my kind of film. We do have an interview that I did with Paul McCusker, so you can just, if you just do a search on Beyond the Mask on Plugged In, you'll find our movie review, and you'll also find that interview that I did with Paul McCusker. Excellent. So that uh, will flesh things out a little bit for you, and I have also looked up Flash Gordon, and it was indeed 1980, so my my memory has not failed, and I am trying to to, uh, confirm... No, it wasn't him. It was Brian Blessed. My bad. All right. See, sometimes you think you know stuff, and actually you don't know what you think you know, which is why. That's why, why Google makes us smart. There are checkers out there. Yeah. <laughs> men, with men especially, you know, there's this thing called male answer syndrome. When what? Sometimes men, we just make stuff up, but we do it so authoritatively that you wouldn't bother to question it. Yeah, it's not always real. <laughs> Well, I do want to recommend The Mask. Uh, Look it up. It is well worth a watch. There's a lot of action. There's explosions. All the things that I love in movies. (laughs) And uh, romance. uh, But you're not going to see a lot of the bad elements. And, of course, you can see the long review at uh, Plugged In. Or just Google The Mask Plugged In. It's a film about a former assassin. for He's trying to retire from the East India company and his boss well tries to get him killed because he knows too much so as he flees uh he kind of changes his life he takes the life of a dead man who is a vicar who died trying to save him and in an attempt he meets a woman and falls in love and tries to work to make himself a better man as he's being a bit pursued by the bad guy in all of this uh, just to to bring it to some of the exciting level he works with benjamin franklin uh he does some pretty astounding things that help found our nation and or at least protect it and he becomes kind of a 1776 superhero if you will so yes. much it's kind of like Zorro or James, Bond. or James Bond a little bit of both a little Zorro Zorro James Bond meets our founding fathers uh, and a lot of faith so it is called Beyond the Mask please don't get it confused with the mask because then you'll be going no, Michelle what <laughs> but, Wait, what yeah like, you know Michelle if she's a secret Jim Carrey fan I think Jim Carrey, only two movies I have really, truly enjoyed from Jim Carrey. And as you're listening, you may disagree, but Truman Show and The Grinch. Yes, and he did one other one, but now I'm going to have to think on it because my brain is not Was it the Penguin one, maybe? I don't know. No, no, not. uh, Well, the Penguin one wasn't bad, actually. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. Wait, wait, don't tell me. That's the game we're playing right now. Wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> Are we just old school where we don't where we're not really fast with our thumbs and we say something and then by the time we try to figure out the answer, we've already googled it? Cause... Right. No, I have to stall because my brain is just not 
COVID has been bad for my brain. You know, I was, now we're totally free associating. It doesn't, we're not even talking about movies, but I saw this article today on signs that you tell you you may have had COVID. And I was really, really sick. If you remember last spring, I got a flu-like virus that was not the flu and I got pneumonia. So I think I may have had COVID. And they said one of the sure signs of that is brain fog. And I'm like, brain fog? My family would say I had it before. Maybe I had COVID or maybe I didn't. Uh, the other one I was trying to think of was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which has some content, but was a really interesting film. There, so, you, go. there you go. And with that brain fog, this is a time for uh, a shameless, wonderful plug from one of our affiliates, and that is Calitran, that it is this collagen supplement, and I swear to God, Adam, it's it is a fountain of youth in the bottle because I I stopped okay. I took it for uh, I, I know right I took it for about a year and a half and then got off it and I realized I had brain fog I was feeling sluggish not sleeping at night people take it for weight loss and have lost hundreds of pounds for it's not really a weight loss thing for me though but what it did do for me is hair skin nails I looked younger and then I slept better and the brain fog almost immediately went away so that was fabulous so um, to be really honest I when we started podcasting I said hey would you <laughs> would you like to be an affiliate because I really love you guys so anyway there's my plug for the day now there's one other movie called Trafficked yes. that we really wanted to take on I've I yeah. believe if we're talking about the same one and I'll look it up real quick um, it it was it was fairly well done and a very powerful film very disturbing though hey beautiful I thought you'd never be online. I want to meet you so bad. Meet me tonight, just for a little bit. I promise I'll be good. Where are we going? You'll see. No, no, stop. Please let me go. Please let me go. My daughter's missing. I know her. There's something terribly wrong. You guys are just sitting there. I own you now. And you ain't never going nowhere. Our mission is one Allison Riley, aged 16, as of Friday. I'm working on the supposition that she is a taken. Can we do something more proactive? This is all happening so fast. Where are you going? Out, looking, and then standing around here isn't doing us any good. Where are you, pretty girl? I just hope it's not where I'm afraid you are. Take off that dress. Why don't you take it off for me? Case, it's your daughter. It's your call. Kick it down. All right, you heard the man, let's go. Find my granddaughter. Is there any hope left? In a month? She's not coming back? Yeah, I mean, this is a movie about sexual trafficking, and I don't think there's any way to tell a story about this subject without it being disturbing. And actually, the intent of this movie is to disturb us on a PG-13 level. And what I appreciate is, obviously, this is a, a, an incredibly difficult subject, and it's one that, that you know, could have been done in a very graphic and explicit way. Uh, but this is a story mm -hmm. of a 16-year-old girl who meets a guy online, and, you know, they kind of get lovey-dovey online. He says, hey, do you want to meet? And she's like, yeah, okay. And she sneaks off to see him. Well, he kidnaps her and sells her to a sexual trafficking ring. And then her parents, of course, uh, appropriately 
um, pretty much go crazy trying to figure out what happened and then how to get her back. Um, and it, you know, it, it had a little bit of that revenge flick feel to it. Cause you know, I think any father thinking about his daughter being abducted, you're going to go a little bit Liam Neeson on anybody if you <laughs> probably encounter them. Um, but uh, this is a, a good movie. And Dean Kane, who was on Superman, okay. uh, one of the Superman <clears throat> iterations back in the day. And he's been in a number of relatively conservative slash Christian movies. Uh, there is some Christian music in this. I would stop short of calling it a Christian movie per se. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if there were some Christians who were involved in this. So obviously difficult subject matter. There's violence here. There's the implication of a number of girls being, you know, prostituted. Essentially, they deal with it pretty discreetly, but there's no question about what's happening. Uh, And there's some language here, too. It's not over the top. But but there is some here. It's PG-13, as I said. And, and I think if you have not ever really grappled with the reality of sexual trafficking, this is a kind of get-your-attention movie. Uh, and we say in the review that between 700,000 and 900,000 women and girls are being trafficked in the United States right now, annually. And that's a lot of lives of women who are involuntarily kept essentially in sexual slavery. And I think, uh, you know, bravo to movies like this one that are shining a spotlight on this incredibly important subject, even if it's a hard one for us to grapple with and and a hard one to even deal with in a PG-13 context. Right. Um, But it is important. I think it's something that that families may not want little ones to see but maybe older teens because uh i was thinking of another film that i saw uh last uh, maybe two weeks ago it's a film called eight days it was a 2014 movie uh okay and and like trafficked uh it kind of stays within maybe pg-13 girl sneaks out to a party with her friend she lives with her brother and she's 16 she is uh, drugged and she goes missing and she is sold into this sex trafficking ring. Uh, her brother has to fight to get her back. It's not extraordinarily well acted, you know, in some, I mean, maybe it's the acting is okay, but uh, some of the plot kind of falls through. But nonetheless, it's another film where they're trying to make a connection with young Uh, with teens and young adults to say, hey, this is really an issue. And good for them, because we don't hear a lot about trafficking on the news. We don't hear a lot about trafficking um, from politics. It's like this secret world. And what's really amazing to me is some comments I've heard on social media that we're able to take down people from social media, uh, the president, the ex-president, entire groups of people, but we can't get child pornography off the internet, right? Yeah. No, that's right. And, you know, I think that thankfully, the vast majority of, of, you know, the girls and young women that we know are not going to end up in that situation. But I think what movies like these do is they show us a reality that sort of it peels back the veil a little bit on some of the really seedy underworld that does exist. And I think as I raise my two daughters, you know, to, to coin or to borrow a phrase from the military and from police work, 
we have to have situational awareness, right? We have to pay attention to where we are, what we're doing, who's around us, and we don't have to live in fear, but we need to be smart and we need to make good decisions. And and we all know, and boy, I know and have the merit badge from being a teenager, it's really possible for teens to make really bad decisions. And by God's grace, I made some, but didn't have life-changing consequences. But now I look back on some of the things that I was involved in, and they could have been life-changing. And we want to raise our kids to just be, to be aware, ask questions. What's going on here? What am I doing? What are the risks? And try to help shepherd them through this this crazy world that we're living in. Yeah, sometimes film can films can help that. But I have to say, when I I watched Eight Days, I found it really disturbing and um, uncomfortable. So you have to be prepared. You know, I it's hard to for me to watch films like that unless there's a reason for it. Unless I'm trying to learn something. So right. do you do you feel that that might be the case for trafficked? Yeah, no, I think so. I, I think this is a movie that uh, if you're wanting to learn more about that subject, that will help you in your ability to get through some of the uncomfortable things that happen here. Without some of the d- uh, disturbing things that you do see from like the Liam Neeson movies um, right. that, that, that handled that, you know, that that was pretty graphic. Um, I think it's time for us to share our, yeah, don't really bother. This is not the film. This may not be the film for you. Do you have any of those this week? Um, you know what? There. Hang on, just a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, while you're think, while you're I doing that, so. I can share one. This one is not necessarily a bad film in that uh, content-wise, there's n- nothing language, nudity, sex, violence, and it's about a fairly sweet story, even a, a true story. It's called Sunrise in Heaven, but uh, even with actors like. Corbin Burnson, who I I just adore him. I think he's he's a really good actor. Uh, some of the the film just seemed uh, a little awkward in the acting department, and it's really too bad. I th- I think they could have done something a little bit more with the story. It's as though they want to have some kind of powerful faith based. Uh, conclusion to this true story it just doesn't happen so while uh, there's some hype about sunrise in heaven and there is some sweetness to it uh, you might be disappointed you might want to look at the review at plugged in for a little more information on it but it's not that it's bad it's just that well maybe there's something better you could watch that's my pick for the week how about you for the no-go well and the no-go for me is below zero which is streaming on netflix at least Earlier this week, it was number one. It was the top movie on Netflix. This is a Spanish movie that is uh, overdubbed into English. So if you're like, hey, his mouth didn't match what he just said, that's the reason. That's how you know. Uh, And this is a a Spanish police crime drama about transporting a group of um, criminals in a van. And you know what? When you pack criminals into a van in a movie, it's almost never a good thing. (laughs) <laughs> They're not going to just take them to the other prison, right? We know that's not going to happen. And, of course, uh, it doesn't, and uh, bad things happen. And uh, people are shot, bad words are said. Uh, people are shot, <laughs> bad words are said. <laughs> then, oh, actually there's more bad words, and then more on top of that, and then people are shot. So that's the summary. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. 
<laughs> Boom, there you go. See, we saved you so much time. I just saved you two hours and ten minutes. So, <laughs> you know, I'll give you an address and you can write me a thank you letter, huh? <laughs> oh, that's funny. So if you go to PluggedIn.com, you'll see some uh, new films. You'll see some revisited films like Master Commander, The Far Side of the World. You guys uh, have put up your re-review for that. I enjoyed that film. For some, it may be a little oh, dull. Yeah. I don't think it's dull. I think that the story is is fun. It's just fun. It's interesting. It's historical and well-acted. Yeah, well, and it's by Peter Weir, and the guy's an amazing director. So uh, definitely, if you missed that in 2003, it's, uh, it's you know, of all the movies Russell Crowe made that year, that was one of them, and it's one of his better ones, actually. So uh, that review is definitely worth checking out. And, you know, I, I think I mentioned last week, but I'll say it again, why are we randomly picking out movies from 18 years ago? Well, each each month and even each week on Netflix and Amazon and all of these streaming services, there are new things that they're getting the rights to for a limited time. So nothing just goes and stays there forever anymore unless we're talking, you know, Disney stuff on Disney+. Plus. But this is one of the new movies that was out in the last week or so. So we're trying to highlight some of the better options. And we've also got our blog up this week on what's new in streaming for families in February. So there's a whole list of possibilities on there as well if you're looking for something fun to stream. Yeah, and it's a great resource right now because we feel like we've watched everything. All right, so this uh, episode, we are actually dedicating a lot of our program today, Adam, to the Super Bowl. And I know that you blogged on the Super Bowl, episode 63, Brady Mahomes and Plugged In. Hmm. Yeah. You know, each week we, uh, in our podcast, The Plugged In Show, which you can find at thepluggedinshow.com, shameless plug for The Plugged In Show, um, we talk about entertainment-related things. And we may not think of sports as entertainment, but it obviously is. Super Bowl might arguably be the biggest entertainment event of the year most years. So we talk a little bit about our opinions on the upcoming game, but more than that, we talked about just the reality that for a lot of us, if we're super fans, at what point does sports become something that is not just a fun pursuit that we do with other people, but does it become unhealthy? You know, if we're getting angry and throwing things at the screen and our kids are standing there <laughs> wondering why daddy's losing his mind, yeah, you're over the line. So that's the kind of conversation we had just focusing on why is it that we identify so deeply with certain teams, certain athletes, and at what point does it go from being a good thing to perhaps a problematic thing? Yeah, well, so you say throwing things at, at the screen is a, is a bad thing. So that may be something I need to work on. Um, well, yeah, you know, if awkward. a tree falls in the forest, right, if you're there, <laughs> if you're watching by yourself and you're throwing things at the wall, that's kind of between you and God. But in my case, it's like, Mommy, Mommy, why is Daddy throwing things? It's like, well, the Broncos are losing, honey. <clears throat> Yeah, that's not good. You know, it's a teachable <laughs> moment, but not in a good way. Well, you might have been throwing a lot of things this last year, Adam. Oh, well, the last five years. We didn't <laughs> yeah. have that kind of time. <laughs> I know, so right? I, have, I don't know that I've ever told you this. My wife's family is from the Seattle area. And when Seattle oh. beat the Broncos in yeah. the Super Bowl, what, six or seven years ago. Oh, can um, we just talk we about that glorious that moment? Sent, we that sent my son... Seattle 
gear just to troll us and it totally worked because my son rejected the Broncos and became a Seahawks fan and wears his Seahawks jersey and his Seahawks hat and I'm just like but okay it's it's time for you to let this go and come back to the fold here so, I don't know. I uh, I don't know. Area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're my neighbors. I'm up in the great northwest right. here, you know. So there you yep, go. But something else that I that we talked about and I wanted to get your thoughts on. What about the puppy bowl? Well, I mean, it's puppies and it's a bowl. What's not to love? It's I mean, so it's, adorable. It's it so is adorable. so adorable. Interestingly enough, and this has been like the most tangent-filled conversation maybe you and I have ever had, which is saying something. (laughs) I know, isn't it? (laughs) So you know that one of the weird unintended consequences of COVID is a dog shortage. Did you know that? No. Yeah, no, the puppies, people have been home so much that thousands and thousands and probably millions of people in the last year have gone out to get dogs. And what it has done is it has driven the price of especially purebred puppies up astronomically. Um, You know, my wife and kids were in the pet store, and yes, this has nothing to do with movies, so I just want to acknowledge that. And they were (laughs) overhearing somebody talking about getting a dog, and they're like, well... It's $7,000, but we have financing available. I'm like, in what world does somebody buy a dog at the pet store for seven grand? Oh, my gosh. All right. But that's uh, crazy. We got a dog this year, but we had to drive to Missouri from Colorado to find the breed we wanted. So it's life's crazy, but we are looking forward to the puppy bowl. I, yeah, I have a puppy. Very sweet. And I have. I have the wounds on my hands to prove it because that little sucker bites me constantly. There you go. You know, at the beginning of COVID, there was a a flush of dogs available because people were afraid that they they were going to catch COVID from their animals. So the purse puppies, yeah. the the little dogs that that girls with fake eyelashes would walk around with in their in their purses they were the first to be brought in oh no my little dog i can't live without i can live without it now so i'm glad to see that a lot of folks have brought some of those those animals home and i hope they're being treated well i the puppy bowl is a a great way to if you can have a couple of screens up Um, not everybody's always into the football game but it is part of american culture what do you know about the weekend and and what we think the weekend show would will be um you know the weekend is interesting in that he draws uh, a lot of sonic cues from the 80s um there's a kind of his latest album has a almost a horror vibe to it um i thought he was kind of a a little bit of an odd choice frankly yeah. because i think people may have heard of his name, but, you know, if you said, you know, name a weekend song or bad things are going to happen to you, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I guess bad you're coming back. Bring things. on the bad things. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, he's an interesting musician that is not beyond the pale, as you know, usually Super Bowl musicians aren't. Uh, but I don't know that he's somebody that a lot of people are super familiar with, even though 
he did have the biggest song of last year, which I've already forgotten the name of it. So that just goes to show you that I can prove my point and return to the brain fog that we were talking about. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't know what to expect, truly, from the weekend. We, we really don't know. But I, I will say that we used to do Super Bowls where you'd have these classic maybe rock or classic musicians from back in the day and it was like wow how cool they brought them out and it's something that maybe everyone can relate to and then we got into the sex scene for a little while and into the political scene and so i just wonder what we're going to expect from this weekend from the weekend yeah and you know if you want to learn more about him we have reviewed six or seven of his songs and a couple of his albums because we do both tracks, individual tracks and albums. So come do a search on PluggedIn.com and The weekend and it, the, the second E is missing. So it's W-E-E-K-N-D. It looks like a, it looks like a typo, but that second E is not there. Isn't so that par the for weekend. the course from where, for where we are? Because you were a texting generation. We just, you yep. know, I'm surprised it's just not W-K-N-D, you know, right? L-O-L. Yeah. That's exactly right. But you can get a sense for what his music is about anyway. All right. Well, that can help us out, too. And if you don't want to watch the weekend halftime show, well, you can always go to the Puppy Bowl or just spend your time perusing PluggedIn.com where you'll find more from our friend Adam Holmes. That's pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies, this is Adam Holmes. Thanks, Adam. We'll catch you next time. Sounds great, Michelle. Thanks so much. Really, thanks for listening to this podcast. Thank you for those of you who've liked and shared and told your friends and gotten the word out because it's not to us about the business of podcasting. It's about sharing hope that there is a God story in every story. If you have questions about the God story or you just want to let me know that you're listening, email me, my Michelle Live. You can go to mymichellelive.com and hit the contact page. We want to hear from you. You can support us. You can connect with our affiliates on that page. You can learn more about the folks that bring My Michelle Live to you and you can contact us and be part of the family. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend and we will catch you next week. That's Entertainment Review. I'm Michelle Mendoza. Check out more at mymichellelive.com. <laughs>